Hello and welcome to Nutritious, your guide to a healthier lifestyle. In today's episode, we'll be joined by Dr. Raman Ashta, a family medicine doctor practicing in Melbourne, Florida, with over 17 years of experience, to discuss recent developments in diabetes and what the general public should know regarding its symptoms, causes, and preventative measures. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Ashta. Nice to have you here. Thank you, Arnav. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, I, I have to commend you for starting this platform where people can hear from the experts who help people with these topics of health and medical problems on a daily basis. There is a lot of information out there um, on the internet. And at the same time, there's a lot of misinformation. So I think mm -hmm. that's why what you're doing is really important. Mm -hmm. Thank you yeah. for having me. Yes, of course. So according to a study done by the University of Pennsylvania, cases of type 2 diabetes affecting around 382 million people worldwide can be limited by 90% through nutrition and lifestyle changes, which is why it's such a vital topic to discuss today. And with the CEC declaring diabetes as the highest it's ever been due to people not making the right choices, it's important we listen to valuable tips that will be discussed in today's podcast and other information and latest updates, research regarding the topic of diabetes, the eighth leading cause of death worldwide. So Dr. Ashta, can you explain to us what is diabetes, why it's important for everyone to know, and even non-patients to learn about? So diabetes, for in the context of our conversation today, we'll talk about type 2 diabetes mellitus. Um, there are, in general, like very briefly about other types of diabetes. There is diabetes insipidus, which is a disease of water and salt regulation in the body. And then diabetes mellitus, which deals with high blood sugar level in the body. Um, diabetes mellitus can be type 1, which is autoimmune and usually starts um, in childhood or adolescence or early adulthood. And that's an autoimmune disease where your body makes antibodies to the cells which make insulin. However, the more common type of diabetes, about 98% of diabetes cases are type 2 diabetes, is a heterogeneous disease, which means there are many different causes which contribute to development of type 2 diabetes. And you're absolutely right, as the rate of obesity in the world um, and in America goes up, the incidence of type 2 diabetes keeps on going up. Every year, 1.4 million Americans are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So for that reason, it's very important to know um, about this disease. I'm sure your listeners either have experienced it themselves or have a family member or a loved one who experience, um, ex who is currently experiencing type 2 diabetes. Um, so I think that's why it's really important to um, shine light on this topic. And can you explain some other causes of diabetes people should look out for, you know, since it's very popularized disease and many people don't really understand the, the true causes that go behind diabetes? So the biggest um, cause is obesity and extra weight, overweight. So if uh, if people are carrying extra weight on your on their body, they're much more likely to develop type two diabetes at some point in their life. But there are some other um, risk factors which uh, we are not really in control of. Uh, number one is genetics. So 
if one of the parents has type 2 diabetes, um, you're two or three times more likely than general population to have diabetes. And if both parents have type 2 diabetes, you're five to six times more likely to have diabetes. Um, and it is important to be aware of uh, this risk because then you can be proactive in lowering your risk by doing things that you can have control. Another thing that you, you know, a person doesn't have control over is their ethnicity. And certain ethnic groups we see have more um, higher incidence of diabetes, like Southeast Asians, um, is Hispanic population and African-American population. Other less um, prevalent causes are medications. Sometimes people take medication to help one disease process, which can um, cause increase in blood sugars, certain medications for mental health, certain medications for treating autoimmune issues like steroids can increase your risk of diabetes. But the first and foremost cause is extra weight, especially the central obesity or abdominal obesity. If you carry more weight on your belly area, then you're more likely um, to be at risk for type 2 diabetes. And to tie into that, if you have a more sedentary lifestyle, um, if you're eating more of processed carbohydrates, high sugar foods, that would also increase your risk of type 2 diabetes. And um, we also see that smoking um, increases the risk of type 2 diabetes as well. So there's a lot of um, genetic issues, ethnic issues, as well as lifestyle issues that go into development of type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And would you recommend like uh, patients... Uh, as you talked about, you know, di uh, obesity being a major cause of diabetes, would you recommend patients follow like a certain diet and, you know, uh, go exercise more and limit their calorie intake so they can prevent, you know, diabetes? Definitely. That's, uh, this is my favorite topic to talk about. I um, help my patients in the office with that. And, you know, being myself at being at high risk for type 2 diabetes because of ethnic and genetic issues. Um, this is very close to my heart. So yes, uh, uh, of course, we can lower our risk of type 2 diabetes by changing our diets and lifestyle. So avoiding foods which are high in sugar and processed carbohydrates would be the number one recommendation. And you don't have to eliminate all the carbohydrates but the most com mm. concentrated carbohydrates, foods which are rich in sugar, uh, mm. especially sugary beverages. Yeah, like candy too. Candy, ca yep, candy is a big one. And sugary beverages, you know, soda, which is so, so commonly consumed in America. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes people think, oh, fruit juice is um, healthy because it's, you know, we squeeze it at home and it's fresh juice. But that's also concentrated sugar from the fruit um, that we are drinking. Um, so soda, fruit juices, lemonade, um, sweet tea, sports drinks like Gatorade, you know, it, you play soccer. So if you're on the field and you're, you know, dehydrated and you're drinking Gatorade, that's reasonable. But if you're drinking Gatorade instead of water, thinking that, oh, this is healthy. No, that's that's not healthy for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even a study done by uh, Harvard actually shows that people who consume sugar drinks regularly around, you know, one to two cans a day or even more have a 26% greater risk of developing type two diabetes. So this research really just goes to show along with the information that you're telling us that sugary drinks, sodas, 
really should be limited and really just banned in our diet if you really want to prevent you know diabetes going forward you're you're absolutely right the best drink is water um Mm -hmm. and and you know you can flavor it with lemon juice or things like that but Mm, a lot of uh, there are a lot of flavored waters out there which um I, you know, it will be too um, nuanced to get into details of artificial sweeteners and uh, things like that. The best is to drink without any sweetener. But if you have to have some taste, then some of the artificial sweeteners may be acceptable, but not really preferred to have in your beverages. And then is the processed carbohydrates as foods. So a lot of our breakfast foods, for example, like cereal, muffins, bagels, they're very rich in carbohydrates. Um, and it's it's important to not start your day with a bowl or a plate full of sugar. And uh, another misconception is if it's not sweet, then it's um, then it's okay to eat. But a lot of foods which are rich in carbohydrates are not sweet, like chips, crackers, cereal. Again, even the unsweetened cereal. So we have to look at the total carbohydrate content of a food and not just the sugar content. Mm-hmm. And can you also explain the progression of diabetes and what symptoms people should look out for? Um, sure. Uh, so by the time people develop symptoms from diabetes, blood sugars are often extremely high, often higher than 300. So to understand the progression, we have to understand the numbers used to diagnose diabetes. To be diagnosed as type 2 um, diabetes, you have two blood sugars fasting of 126 or higher. So if your blood sugar after 10 or 12 hours of fasting of not eating anything is 126, that is that classifies you as having diabetes. There are other criteria, but for the sake of our conversation today, we'll just focus on blood sugar numbers. But that doesn't happen in a day. That happens over years. So many people would have their blood sugar checked if it is between you know, 100 and 125, then they they have prediabetes. The blood sugars 65 to 99 is considered normal. But even if it's in the higher range of normal, like if it is in the 90s, you're at risk of developing prediabetes and diabetes. So it's important to monitor your blood sugar periodically, even if you're feeling well, because by the time you develop symptoms, it is way advanced a lot of times. So um, by the time you develop symptoms, um, the classic symptoms are frequent urination, uh, feeling thirsty, feeling hungry, blurry vision, and that happens when the blood sugar is super high. However, there are some other um, signs you can notice on the body that can give you a, um, a warning that, hey, maybe there is something wrong with the blood sugar metabolism. So um, people may notice more fat on the belly area. If that's the case, your people are at higher risk of developing developing diabetes. High uh, uh, severe acne can be one of the signs of insulin resistance, which is one of the ways people uh, is the pathophysiology of developing diabetes. Skin tags. There is a specific rash called acanthosis nigricans that is a velvety dark rash on develops on the neck and creases of the body. It, it looks like 
dirt which doesn't rub off, but actually it is a change in texture and color of the skin that happens from insulin resistance. So if you notice those signs on, on your body, it's good to talk to your doctor, be tested for your blood sugar and see what your risk is. And I know we were talking about preventative measures early on, um, exercise, monitoring nutrition, following a certain diet, but can you recommend some other preventative measure, measures for listeners or disregarding a patient's lifestyle or dietary choices that you'd recommend for aiding and preventing and treating diabetes? Of course. So the number one, the key point is the diet, because diabetes is a disease of carbohydrate metabolism. Our food has three macronutrients, right? As, you, as, as a nutrition enthusiast, you know, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. So diabetes is the, is the disease process where we don't metabolize carbohydrates well. So if we decrease the intake of carbohydrates, we'll reduce our risk of developing diabetes. So avoiding sugary beverages, like we talked about, avoiding highly processed carbohydrates like cereal, bread, white rice, pasta. You don't have to totally avoid it, but not eat it in high quantities. Like if you're eating pasta, make sure there's some protein with it, some vegetables with it. So you're not eating a lot of amount of the carbs. Mm-hmm. Really a balanced, balanced plate is really what we're looking for then, right? Yes. Yes. And it has been shown in, um, in research that if the people who have diabetes, if they eat their protein first, then vegetables, and then carbs, their blood sugar doesn't rise as quickly. So so if you have a balanced plate, that's better. That will prevent your risk of diabetes and also helps in managing diabetes if, if, you, if people already have the diagnosis of it. And the other thing is um, intermittent fasting, which is, so in terms of intermittent fasting, eating really in sync of your circadian rhythm um, is important. It aligns with your hormone secretion in the body. So eat dinner earlier in the evening, push the breakfast out a little bit later. That helps your body utilize the fat that it has stored and um, helps reduce the risk of developing diabetes and gaining weight. And with all this current research coming out about diabetes, all these breakthroughs, Uh, What are some of the latest developments you've seen in diabetes management and treatment? And how effective do you think these treatments will be in uh, treating diabetes in the future and contributing to uh, limiting the amount of diabetes cases as we've seen? Because CEC and other big sources have been saying that diabetes will continue to rise. And, and their concern is correct because as the rate of obesity continue to rise in the world and in the U.S., diabetes follows extra weight, so, so that is expected to rise as well. But these new medications are really exciting. Um, these are medications like GLP-1 receptor agonists. Um, they've been in the limelight more for the last couple of years, but they've been around for about 10 years or a little bit longer than that. And the reason they are more exciting and more um, helpful are they no long no not only do they um, lower the blood sugar but they also help people lose weight. So losing weight helps you in many other ways. Losing weight helps lower blood pressure, helps lower cholesterol, helps with better sleep, better energy, less joint pains. So it improves the quality of life and reduces the overall cardiac cardiovascular risk. So type 2 diabetes, the reason 
um, we don't want to have high blood sugars in the um, in the body are because those are toxic to the eyes, so they cause vision loss, um, cause kidney uh, function issues, increase the risk of heart disease and stroke. So when we are controlling blood sugar and lowering weight, we are improving a person's health in more than one ways. So that's why these medications are super exciting. There are many in the pipeline who are not out yet, um, but the future is bright for diabetes um, treatment. Um, at the same time, awareness about these processed foods is also very important. And a lot of people are becoming aware that convenient foods are really not always the best for you. So there is a shift from eating processed packaged foods, sugary drinks, to drinking water, to eating whole foods, to exercising regularly. So I'm hopeful that the combination of lifestyle changes and these groundbreaking re research on medications is going to help. Yeah, I really agree with you. I think the general knowledge about just having a, maintaining a healthy diet, you know, getting some exercise in every day and really understanding these processed foods and you, why you shouldn't consume them, especially if you're trying to prevent diabetes is really important for everyone to know. But with that, um, thank you for allowing me to interview again today. It's been a wonderful time. Thank you, Arnav. Thanks for doing this. And thanks for this opportunity. And as a reminder, if you have any questions regarding this episode or any others, please feel free to fill out the Google form in the podcast bio. And if you want to make a donation to help me run my podcast, you can make a donation on the, Buzz, the Buzzsprout website. I'm your host, Arno Jane, and thank you for tuning into Nutritious, your guide to a healthier lifestyle.